0: And welcome, everybody, we are coming to you from New York City. Uh, Today, really, essentially, ask me anything, if you wish, we can uh, get into it from Twitter spaces, where we'll be taking calls, you just raise your hand there. And thereby, uh, I'll be bringing you up to the podium, and you'll be streaming out on multiple platforms. Uh, One of the topics we'll be talking about was uh, President Biden's interview on 60 Minutes, where he said, quote, the pandemic is over, we still have a problem with COVID, but the pandemic is over. And he's right. But having said so, created a bunch of headaches for him. So we'll talk about some of that. And again, we'll take your calls, see what else you guys want to talk about. Um, We have a lot of great guests coming up this week, including uh, Edward Dowd and Mark McDonald and then Jay Bhattacharya next week. But we'll tell you more about that once we get going. Let's get started. And as we promised, we're coming to you this week from New York City, uh, Monday and Tuesday next week, we'll be out, we'll be back with uh, Jay Bhattacharya on Wednesday, and uh, Edward Dowd tomorrow, and then Mark, what's that?
1: Today's Monday, about? honey buns. Ooh,
0: uh, we'll do more questions tomorrow, <laughs> and on Wednesday, we'll do uh, Edward Dowd, and on Thursday, we'll do um, Mark McDonald. I'm interested in talking to him again. He um He's a psychiatrist that early on was uh, raising concerns about the level of paranoia and panic and hysteria. And I'm curious to see, he's written a new book as well. And I'm curious to see what his thoughts are these days. Uh, other than correcting me about the schedule, Susan, anything else going on?
1: You did a great interview with uh, Tim Tim Pool. Pool, and Tim. we got some new listeners. If anybody's out there, hello.
0: That's good. And uh, did you want to announce anything else about uh, questions at the end of the interviews or something? Or
1: so I don't know. Everybody on YouTube, if you have any questions, we're thinking uh, if you want to give us a little super chat, we'll we'll call you out at the end of the show. Also, um, I wanted to that would be
0: on the restream that we they do that. Yeah, on
1: yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, if you're over okay. on YouTube. Okay. Um, also, hi everybody on Rumble. Nice to see you on uh, Facebook and. Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you guys enjoy.
0: So speaking of Rumble, Saza over there says, so the medical emergency is over, then why do international travels need proof of COVID jams to visit the USA? Yeah. By the way, the World Health Organization is also on the record saying that they think it's over. And there's a lot of unraveling that needs to be done in order for us to really come to terms. You realize how many layers of excesses are upon us when right. you start to think about you know, what it means that it's over. Here are just a couple of ideas. Um, let me let me read you something here. This is from the Washington Post. And uh, he's, the, the Post points out that it's already interfering with the White House's ability to secure funds for vaccine and treatments. Uh, let's say the Republicans are saying that why the administration would renew its public health emergency, which I would ask the same thing of California, which has been egregiously sustained, uh, the emergency declaration, which is set to expire next month, has allowed the federal government to pursue a lot of things that they really shouldn't be able to do, such as authorizing uh, emergency treatments. And it also, it may affect the way people are covered by Medicaid. There's a lot of things that uh, that I, you wouldn't normally think of as part of what's going on here that's going to be affected by the end of the pandemic, but for instance, fifth one, one think tank estimates that 15.8 million Americans could lose Medicaid coverage. So Medicaid, so that many people are pushed to Medicaid by the emergency. So there are sort of practical issues involved in this that uh, a lot of us, including myself, weren't specifically aware of. I do think though calling it an ongoing public health emergency has provided as you've heard me talk about before a, a, a ridiculously excess. Authority on the part of public health, which has been egregiously used. I don't know if you saw the retweets that uh, Vinay Prasad was putting out today. Uh, there was a former head of the NIH, I think, who was saying that, yeah, perhaps we should have been more honest with with what we were doing and been more clear about our uncertainty. Um, man, boy, that's the least that's the least he can say about some of the choices they made. They completely lost the trust of the people by being. Um, authoritarian and uh, and capricious and absolute, and then trying to crush anyone that dared to raise their hand and go, "I, you, do you really mean that? I, I'm not sure that that quite is what you meant to say. Maybe there's something a little more." we don't have science for that yet and maybe you want to qualify that and say that you know we're electing to do this even though we don't really know why we're just trying to make we're trying to do something non-pharmacologic to change things here now we have since learned through the interviews we've done in this show that uh they made a conscious decision to use fear to mandate the zero covid lockdown policies that they wanted to um, demand and that in, in particularly in states that um ran aggressively to that side of the boat so to speak that really took that mantle that the the public health organizations were putting out and take it to the extreme those are the regions that really got harmed where kids were kept out of school for years where businesses were closed for years this is is really out outlandish consequences that should have been thought about or at least should have been measured along the way. We had years to look at what we were doing. It was very clear along the way also that what we were doing was not having the desired consequence. In other words, zero COVID was not something even remotely realistic. Now, once we got to vaccines, that story has yet to be fully told. Again, the, the public health policy became um, far over their skis in terms of their policy, which is, Vaccine is the just and only policy, and nothing can be um, can be uh, called into question that might cause somebody to uh, question vaccine therapy. Now, I kind of understand that one more than the lockdowns, to tell you the truth, because anti-vaccine has been so, the anti-vaccine rhetoric has been so ensconced in social media that I bet, yeah, Uber Alice just means above everything else, uh, that it's so ensconced in social media, bet, I bet they were fearful that the anti-vaccine rhetoric would start to infect uh, people that were sort of on the, on the fence with using the vaccines. When in fact, because they again took these extraordinary measures to crush any dissent, it caused sort of a, tri- a Streisand-like effect where people wanted to look behind the curtain and they became more paranoid and more distrustful. Even to this day, um, it, is, it is clear that vaccines were helpful. It's just absolutely clear. Was there a cost? I'm sure. Was that co- cost worth it in terms of adverse events and more and really serious adverse events? That is still getting worked out. I, I'll say it again and again that in the elderly population, that risk reward clearly came down and continues to come down on the the side of vaccine therapy. If you are under 65 or under 30, it starts to get a little bit cloudier, and people are still working on those those data. So here we go. Let's uh, let's get to it and take some calls from you guys. A lot of hands are up here. Let me just um, kind of get right to you guys. Uh, this is Sean. Sean, what's going on? Uh, let me make sure my phone's on. Uh, Susan, we're on at your end because oh, you just disappeared. Oh,
1: you know what? We're not even on. Um,
0: in this, and this thing's not there, on? There we are now. Okay. Uh, I think I lost Sean. I okay, I don't,
1: off. you know what? There was no sound going out That's to right. Twitter spaces. So anybody oh. who's out there, hi, Those, welcome to oh the show. Oh my God, I'm so
0: sorry. We d-
2: really? No sound of Yeah,
1: we weren't I, checking that. Yeah, the thing was off. The phone was off. So. Caleb,
2: is that true? <laughs> I, I think I saw it <laughs> moving, so it, maybe it got paused, but I, I think that people were hearing it at least in the beginning
1: no i don't think they were (laughs) i i just had to i had it off because you did an interview earlier so Ah. anybody who's on twitter spaces would be taking your calls now uh sorry you missed the beginning of the show hopefully you're watching on the the live stream simultaneously so you know what dr drew just said
0: (laughs) all right let me though oh here's somebody saying sal is saying dr Drew is wrong there are countries that couldn't afford therapy they had less i'm not sure what you're saying less death um yeah, you t- trying to compare countries is a, somewhat of a fool's errand because the different age distributions. You have to, you have to really control for so many things. So just one country versus another doesn't not a great way to look at things. Uh, let's see. Oh, they heard us the whole time.
1: They did. Yep. That's so weird. They it was did. it was off. Yep. Oh well. See if we can get somebody up there.
0: Andrew Ashkazvili, open the beaches back up, take the sand out of the half pipes in the skate park, put the basketball rims back on. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, thank you for pointing at the most insane uh, aspect of in California, the pandemic, when the, the grotesque incompetence was on full display when they were closing the beaches. And then when they let people back on the beaches, you're allowed to stand on the beaches alone, but dare not lay a towel down or they will come arrest you. They're hearing us fine. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 think maybe, I think Nope. I think they're hearing it. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at your guys' comments here before I go back to the calls. Doctor couldn't, daughter couldn't get an internship because she wasn't vaccined. Yep. I mean, it's, it is, it is She's really, 16. I, I'm just saying it's egregious now to, to create this, uh, this, this out group of the unvaccinated. It's always been a bad idea. I understand why they did it, but that has been a bad idea. And I've I been against the, the, look, I've been for passports, but against the uh, outgroup, creating of an outgroup. And uh, it was discriminatory. It was, dis- it was grotesquely discriminatory. And it wasn't based on choice, as you who defended imply. All right. Uh, am I sponsored by vaccines? Nope, no vaccines. Uh, I've been using them a lot for my elderly patients, and they have derived great benefit there have been almost no side effects in the very elderly in the younger. Uh, it's a different issue. It's a different concern. All right, so let's uh, try to get There's to 60
1: it people out there. Somebody must have a question.
0: It says well, this is can me 2020. True. You can Me 2020 something like that though. No, there are plenty, plenty of questions coming up. What do you got there? I don't know the name. Oh, they keep uh, there she is. You just got to unmute that mic in the lower left hand corner. And you can ask me 2020 is the name of this caller.
3: She has an interview
0: with uh, Dr. Harvey Reshup, which is someone we interviewed last week. Um, Your mic is still muted, so I'm unable to speak to you. So I'm going to go to Harlan, and I'm going to take... Let's see if we can get anybody in here.
1: Um, Come on, kids, unmute yourself.
0: While Harlan is coming up, Andrew again. My mom also got raccoon eye. Yeesh. Oof. Again, that's a sign of a consumptive coagulopathy, and that's one of the, the more serious side effects of vaccine therapy. So, Harlan, what's going on there?
4: Hey, Dr. Drew. It's it's good to talk to you. I've been listening for many, many, many years, and uh, I think what you do is wonderful. Thank you. Um, I, I work in the college space. I actually have written mm-hmm. a bunch of books, and I speak on campuses and work with high school students too. And, you know, I don't understand why... Schools aren't doing more, high schools specifically, to support the transition for students from high school to college. Mm. We know, know, I was thinking about this over the 20 plus years I've been doing this, the only thing that's changed is more students are feeling hopeless. There are more problems, you know, more more students struggling. Mm -hmm. And it's only when a student takes their life or there's some, you know, catastrophic situation in a community Mm -hmm. where they feel compelled to take action. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to do my own thing to be part of the solution, but I'm really curious to know, you know, as this progresses and it doesn't, you've, you've seen it, it's not getting better, right? Yeah.
0: Well, colleges have active programs for the first year students to keep them retained. And of course, and of course they're, you know, trying to attend to the mental health. That's sort of the, the issue that sends people back home, uh, and, you know, decreases their probability of finishing college you're talking about people that really need the help with just the transitional process and those tend to be kids at risk and there are organizations that do things like that but uh you're right i mean there there needs to be a lot of resources for those kids available and they in, in my experience i don't know how what your experience has been but my experience they tend to resist using them they sort of feel like they should be they should not need to because many other kids don't need it therefore why should i you're right which is sort of how kids think but uh, yeah, I agree with you. How, how did you, wh- what is your job? What, what, is, what do you call what you do?
4: <laughs> well, I wrote a book called The Naked Roommate and 107 Other Issues You Might Run Into in College. Good. And that book's been the number one book on college life. It has over a million copies in print. Uh, then I have a, a really popular TikTok that has almost about 1,000 followers where mm-hmm. I offer college tips. I just did one on binge drinking. On, uh, on blackouts, and people are using the sound to blackout. But um we say that
0: again they're using what?
4: They so on TikTok you could do a sound, you know, yeah. like I did this TikTok where if you drink so much, your goal is to black out, then you know, you have a drinking problem. Yeah. You know, then the tip was blacking out is not safe. Yeah. So, you know, this be this is like over a million views. People have really loved it. And then they made it into a sound, and they're using the sound to um, you know, like party where they can use my voice and the tip. And, um, I then did one that was like, you know, why do you guys do this? I'm just mm-hmm. curious, mm-hmm. you know, to simulate dialogue, because you know, the, the the big thing is, I know the surgeon general has been talking about wanting to do more for mental health and wanting to help teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't, it's not going to happen in the schools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you are, I, I really, you're one of my heroes with this because you've been, you've been there forever mm-hmm. uh, for these, you know, most of these teenagers lives. But in terms of like having a real plausible solution and, i'll send you my stuff i mean i I'll, i, I don't see do it but let,
0: let me tell you my just briefest yeah. sort of thoughts on this Th- there is something changing in high school age kids i i stopped speaking at high schools because they <laughs> they seem to be intolerant of expertise
2: mm-hmm. i kept
0: getting this feedback that you're you're too you're speaking for too much authority it's like i if I don't have authority, who does? I, I, I've got 40 years of experience. Right. I, I hope I have some authority on this topic. So I, I thought, oh, this is a change. Something is different there. But I will tell you, the binge drinking on college campuses, there's sort of two aspects of that. One is the consistent endorsement by the college communities. They just sort of, kids will be kids as opposed right. to looking at it as a, as a behavioral problem, as a mental health problem. And when you go into the colleges and talk to them about why they drink, it's really around social anxiety. That's right. really the reason. And more often, and, and I sort of used to approach the topic through the whole hookup culture, and I would say, look, if, if hooking up is such a cool thing, it's the cornerstone of your college experience, why do you have to be effed up to do it? If it's so great, why do you have why are you always effed up right. when you do that? And was fascinating how the males tended to respond very differently than the females, and neither group had any idea what the other were thinking. And uh, sort of calling that all out and letting them talk about it does tend to help it a bit, because you see uh-huh. there's very different motivational priorities going on for the most part. So uh, it's it's until they get honest about what they're all experiencing, it, it's you know they're going to be anxious as hell. And that, ex- yeah. and that alcohol is just to kind of quench, that, amongst other things, the anxiety. The The, the females, by the way, Will say that they do it to make sure they don't have any feelings. Forget it. The men will say it's anxiety. The females say, the males say anxiety. The females say, just so
4: I don't have any feelings at all. Right. Kind of sad. I've connected it to rejection. I'm I'm obsessed with rejection. I love rejection. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, like the king of rejection.
0: Practice rejection. Yeah. And you're Right. right. That's what the men are anxious about. Right, that's what they get their sights right. set on something, they reject it. It's painful, and they don't want to feel that, so they don't want to remember it even. And and right. you're absolutely right that if you're uh, blacking out, blacking out specifically is not a sign of a normal relationship with alcohol. That's a, a right. sign something might be going on. Well, great. I'm so glad you're there. They, how old are you?
4: Uh, you know, the question is big, and there isn't really a, one specific answer. But I yeah. wanted to at least at least connect because yeah, you know, want and i think that uh you know it'd be wonderful to share to share more with you yes, offline yes. if you're interested oh, i'm 100 interest. yes. i'm very
0: interested i'm i'm, I'm glad uh, you're doing it harlan uh let me
2: see how
4: you know I how, broke up but if there's if there's a way to do that i would caleb, I would love caleb to is going to yes. tell you right now uh,
2: if if i may also just toss this out there i knew i recognized your name and it's because i was given the naked roommate like 10 something, 15 you however many years ago, whenever I was going into college and it absolutely, <laughs> wow. I read the whole thing in my rush to get to college. And that's, that really definitely helped me. I was like, I know who this, I know this guy's name. So I, if you please uh, reach Straight out to us man. at drdrew.com, just email contact at drdrew.com Maybe and I'll contact I'll Yeah,
0: Contact it. And, and of course, Caleb is giving you a compliment the way all my people always give me. Oh, you helped me so much. And I helped. Thank you for getting me to call. I left four months later. But anyway, thank you for that.
4: So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, right. sort of, so. <laughs> but you true. made it, man. You're here. Yeah, you I made it. You were know, your, your, your own choice.
0: Yeah, you got there. Exactly. It's so funny. I always get the, the uh, you helped me so much. And so I'm in recovery now. I was a heroin addict for 10 years. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it takes what it takes. All right, but listen, Harley. I look forward to uh, touching base with you. Right.
4: That's cool. Right, Thanks for the space, bet. guys. You Thanks bet. for what you do. All right, you bye-bye. bet.
0: You bet. Okay, Mac Zig. This is. Let's see what this is all about. Um, I'm going to try to get that name right. Mac Zig Six. You're up here with whatever it is you like to talk about. Uh, let me read a little bit off Facebook here. Stacy says, "I didn't get the vaccine. I heard so many horror stories." Wanted to go on a cruise, uh, wasn't even an option to go into quarantine status, so I went to Vegas instead. I know I may have to get the vaccine because of going to Europe, um, even though I clearly do not need it. I've had the J&J vaccine, I had Delta, I had Omicron, I've been exposed to Omicron multiple times in closed spaces and didn't get it. So, But I'm, I
1: think you can get a doctor's note. And I've had Omicron. Or I've say had you had, if so you it, had it yeah. within 190 days... Uh-huh of traveling, you can get a release to travel from your physician, which I did because I had the booster in December and then I got COVID twice. So, but I think you can also get another letter from your doctor. They're starting to loosen up a little bit but you have to prove that either shouldn't have the vaccine or you've already had covid
0: back on rumble tamarin is saying interesting how this all coincides with a court ruling against social media for censorship practices eua should be rescinded for all vaccines blah 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 but uh, she's got a point there uh that that alex berenson had yet another uh win on social media okay what's going on there max zig
1: yes i to talk about
3: what happened yesterday with the President and what he said um I happen to be have cancer mm-hmm. and a very severe form of cancer
0: what kind of, what kind and, of cancer is uh, that what kind of cancer do you
3: have uh, triple negative metastatic mm-hmm. breast cancer yeah. also yes and also it's in the lymph nodes mm-hmm. and uh I have had had to have all the vaccines mm-hmm. and also been warned mm-hmm. to stay away from anyone with. Um,
0: yes, you should COVID. be wearing. You should be wearing N95 if you're out of a. Yeah, isolated
3: mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, is it, how irresponsible was it? Say, he was just stating the fact.
0: We are out of the pandemic phase. We're into the endemic phase. It's just a fact.
3: It is a fact.
0: It is are, a we fact. Are, we, are, we are out of the pandemic and we are into the endemic. Now, you need to protect yourself at all costs. You need to be fully vaccinated. You need to be, have packs of it on hand and you need to wear an N95 mask if you're going out of doors with, with the cancer burden that you've got. People who are at risk which I take care of a lot of still need to be carefully not because we're in a pandemic, we're in an endemic. This is a virus that will be around for a 1000 years. And it, an endemic phase is just like many other coronaviruses, we learn how to manage and live with it. Uh, this is Michael, I think Michael. Yep. It's Whoops. Uh, Michael, come on up here, Michael.
5: Hello, hi there. Hey, Doctor Drew. How are you? Good. What's happening?
6: Uh, yeah. So uh, my name's is Mike, um, and you know I've had a severe reaction uh, about 19 months ago from you know my injection, mm-hmm. and um, you know it started off with like intense head pressure, and then it led to uh, the inability to walk, the inability to speak.
0: Oh boy! Um, how old are you? I
6: had. Uh, I'm 30, well I'm 37, I was okay. 37 at the time, I'm 38 now.
0: And how long ago, was, oh, so was it was like a year ago you took it?
6: Nin- 19 months, yeah. Okay,
0: and um, So ahead. since Wh- then. Which vaccine, did, that was your first dose or second dose of something?
6: First dose of Moderna, yeah, the mm. symptoms started the day after. Mm. Wow. Um, so since then, long story short, I've developed uh, neuropathy, head to toe, pretty much mm. uh, insane muscle twitching in my legs, my feet, my Jeez. biceps, my eyes, my back. Uh, i've lost 33 pounds mm. um i have petite seizures that have that that were been that have been diagnosed um, so you know i i mean there's not really a question here i mean i guess i guess the question would be i mean do you feel like i mean do you feel like we're ever going to kind of heal from from this i mean we don't even really know what's going I, I, on i, I think, know it i
0: think all right first uh, you you bring up a point <laughs> I, I i this seems so matter of fact to me but i'm going to say it Okay. We're not going to get better unless we get honest about everything in relation right. to this pandemic, right. that the lockdowns didn't work, that masking didn't work, that N95s have some utility for somebody at risk. They can protect themselves, much like a doctor walking in a room with an infectious disease can protect him That's or true. herself. The vaccines right. help elderly patients under 40 and certainly under 30 there are some grave concerns and we need yeah. to, we need to be get honest about what those concerns are. I have heard right. stories like yours. They are horrible. I hate to hear it. I've heard of sudden death other things I can't yeah. tell yet because they're being so circumspect about the data. I really can't tell in some sort of standard of care sort of way. some, some agreed upon consensus about how common what happened to you and other people is I right. you know I, am I talking to you somebody who was one in 10 million or one yep. in a thousand and even yep. if it's one in ten thousand is that worth the risk versus the risk of covid for you right and and that's right. the that's the thing that nobody is being honest and clear about in the meantime right. the CDC says we're just streamlining our messaging just 12 and above take it 12 and above take yeah. it. And in the meantime, yep. I don't know if you saw those uh, ads in New York for myocarditis. Like, how to tell if you have myocardi- myocarditis? Myocarditis yeah. is common enough now that we have to we have to show commercials about how to recognize the yeah. symptoms in children and yeah. young adults. So I am I am I am just I, I am mortified at the lack of clarity, even right. in areas where we. We don't know. We should at least be clear that we don't know yet. And so someone like you, if you went into this thing and knew what your risk reward was, this wouldn't be – you wouldn't suffer as much. But you now are sitting here going, God, maybe I shouldn't have done this at all. And that makes your suffering worse.
6: So the thing is, right, is that like – if if I knew the risks, I knew what yes. I could have. You know what yes. I mean? I knew what I was getting into. Yes. And and, and what's what's really crazy is that um, I'm a part of a, a bunch of support groups. So we we're starting to find each other. Yeah. And the, the biggest group that we have has about a, it's, it's about twenty seven thousand and so far. And what I've noticed is that most of the symptoms are neurological, yeah. and about seventy percent of them are women. Um, well, that's true.
0: It is more common in women, and and it is, and I would imagine the most common is sort of fatigue and shortness of breath, that kind of stuff, right? That's the most. Well, women. in our
6: group, in our group, unfortunately, it's it's full body seizures, it's on unab- a on abilities to speak, it's um, yeah, you know crazy. people people have been. Pr- uh, you know, paralysis. The list goes on and on and on. A lot of there's a lot of MCAS situations where people are breaking out in, in different kinds of uh, vasculitis and
0: yeah. It's, so, so hold it's, on, so hold messy. on. I want to ask some questions about that. And by the way, sure. I am Skylar. Sad that Drew ditched Adam Corolla. I do a podcast with Adam Carolla. I speak to him every day, and I do a podcast with him <laughs> three days a week. So is that is that is that ditching him? I'm not sure check it um, out
1: the Adam and Drew show yeah. on drdrew.com is,
0: is it Adam and Dr Drew or Adam and Adam Drew Adam and Drew show okay um, so listen w- my question i've a sort of more th- or uh, where
1: you listen to your podcast
0: diagnostic question for you did sure. they do a nerve biopsy on you and if not why not
1: i
6: can't get it approved oh. um, i i am I'm, I'm almost positive that i have some kind of small, small fiber neuropathy yeah and um,
0: and you know those are treatable Exactly. And if you don't have the actual tissue, it's really hard to know exactly which process is going on because there's many different kinds exactly. of these polyneuropathies. You have exactly. to get that. You have to get I, that. I
6: completely agree. You I've have been to, to, to seven that. different specialists. and You um, have to get that. I'm sure they all yeah. recommended
0: it. You need a sural nerve biopsy and that's it. Okay. If I were you, oh my God, I would get an attorney because yeah. you're, you're risking this thing progressing and without right. it needing to
6: progress. That's
0: what um, i'm afraid of uh, i'm afraid of for you I, I that upsets me so much uh that okay. I, I hate bad medicine it drives me insane and yeah when, I mean, and an insurance company dictate what is should be well, about the standard problem. of care should be just basic care maybe you can go uh can you get uh,
3: God, so yeah.
6: I, I had I had an, uh, um, um, an EEG done, forty-eight uh, hour EEG done, yeah. and they found they found transient spikes on that EEG. I'm not surprised. Then, you said you
0: have absence, so that makes right. sense.
6: And then but, somehow somehow my insurance wound up denying it. So now I owe 12000 dollars. Oh no, you just have to appeal and appeal and
0: appeal. They they make their yeah, money yeah. by 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 wearing you out. I think you need yeah. an attorney or something. This is craziness. I agree. Uh, I agree. Well, listen, I am so sorry. It makes me insane to hear these stories, but but I'm glad you brought it to us so people get a sense of the range of what's going on. Do you want to tell people what the um, uh, organization is you've been involved with? Okay, p- people. Uh,
6: yeah. So it um, there's a there's the, the biggest organi- organization is React nineteen uh, React. I think it's React C nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Facebook the Facebook group and, and and some of the Telegram groups they're 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 private groups unfortunately because we don't really want people getting in there and bots and everything else Yeah. Uh, because the biggest group that we had on Facebook almost reached 90,000 and it got deleted.
0: And these are so, all not just long COVID patients. These are specifically vaccine reaction
6: patients. These are 90% of them are, are, are vaccine injured. Yeah. Uh, and the crazy thing is, yeah. is that we share all the same symptoms as, as the long haulers because no, we I started know. connecting with long haulers. It, it's
0: it's some of the worst of long hauler stuff is is represented by vaccine reactions. Uh, yeah. Which is weird. I mean, why would the... It's just weird. I don't know what to make of that yet. But yeah, I've had a yeah, friend. Sir. I have a very good friend that had horrible long haul uh, yep. for months, disabling long haul. And... Yep. um, All right. So anyway, we'll leave it at that. And I, <laughs> I thank probably. you for calling in. Let us know how you're doing to get that serial nerve biopsy. Okay?
6: Thank you, sir. I appreciate okay. it. You have you a bet. good day. You got. All right. Thanks. Bet.
0: I cannot tell you how disturbing that is that just basic medical care can't be provided. So I mentioned earlier, uh, I was going to talk a little bit more about uh, President Biden's comments about ending the pandemic. Let's actually look at what he said. So this is a 60-minute interview. Let's uh, get a look at that interview and see if we can kind of parse it out was a little
3: president bit. first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's
0: But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. He's, he, he's right. I mean, he's just, he's just right. I, I, um, I appreciate the candor. I appreciate the matter-of-factness because that is the fact that people are not wearing masks. Masks didn't work anyway, so we wouldn't expect much of a difference with people not wearing masks in terms of you transmitting to somebody else. But that, that we are in this sort of faith. You know, I started... I, okay. Uh there's another thing I think we have to do. But a, again there there's aspects of ending the the pandemic phase that I had not thought about in terms of people that are acquired Medicaid and uh emergency youth authorizations there's a lot of things that sort of unravel as a result of ending the pandemic per se. But when are you going to do it then? When when do we do that? I and now is the time. I mean now is the time, clearly. It was
1: supposed to only last 2 weeks, remember? Uh,
0: <laughs> yes, I do remember 2 weeks to bend the curve of turned course to I 2
1: years. That.
0: But um, I want to say something here that is extremely challenging. And I want to I want to acknowledge that this is a difficult topic for people to get their head around. And I am not talking I I don't want people to um, accuse me of saying it's okay that this disease killed older people or that we shouldn't protect the at risk population. That's who I treat I treat you know, that's who gets sick. So I treat lots of elderly patients,
1: a lot of people die.
0: Well, what I want people to start thinking about is, you know, the polio coming around made me start thinking about this. And I just want you to kind of, kind of let this into your thinking. A disease that affects young people, we think in terms of years of life lost. That's some of the ways we think about disease and infectious diseases. So an 11 year old gets polio that is 70 years of life lost 70 years a nursing home patient the average life expectancy of a male admitted to a nursing home in most studies is about 6 months if you're so severely debilitated that you need institutional care you need people right you know dealing with your bowels and feeding you and turning you your life expectancy is about 6 months so it would literally take 140 elderly patients to, to create the years of life lost of one 11 year old. So I just, I, you know, and as we're getting into this phase of the pandemic now, when you, you I well, this made me think about this too. People ask, what, what did Queen Elizabeth II die of? What do you, she didn't die of, she, she died of advanced age, but something triggers the death. And what things trigger it? Respiratory viruses. Or urine infection
1: used to be pneumonia.
0: Pneumonia, but from now
1: pneumonia is COVID. Pneumonia
0: from respiratory viruses.
1: Yeah, that's my wh- grandma died of that. She broke her hip. She went in the nursing home, it's a and little she got bit. pneumonia. And she it's she a passed. little that's different. She was that is, ninety-three.
0: That is different. The hip fracture and pneumonia can be aspiration and other things, but but the but the way that humans die of advanced age is. Respiratory viruses. That that is what one of the ways, anyway. And and I just think people need to put that in context of what we're fighting here as it becomes endemic. If it's not COVID, it's another respiratory virus. And so it it's different. And why there's not more alarm about polio to me is astonishing. But it's you have to kind of you have to be able to contextualize these different infectious diseases. And that's what I've been trying to do since the beginning is help people understand that's why, you know, I don't have the textbooks with me, but I hold up those infectious disease textbooks. That's all the stuff that's waiting to get you out there. if we're going to have a safety Uberalis policy and no infectious disease ever kill a human, we're going to have to sit in a, a we're going to be bubble boys, every single one of us and never move because <laughs> infectious diseases are common, really common. And by the way, those of you that are interested in equity. Our international equity in terms of how we manage these illnesses is crappy. is piss poor. We don't do a good job of controlling dengue fever. We don't do a good job of controlling um, the, the, the helminthic and the, the, the worm infections, the oral fecal infections. We do a horrible job at that. And we're in what people need to think about. We're on the on the precipice of having doing a bad job in this country because we have hundreds of thousands of people on the West Coast living on our streets who defecate in the streets, and that is washed into our river, and that goes out to the ocean without any treatment. There's no sewage treatment. It's literally a city the size of some a city on Long Island or, or Pasadena, the entire sewage of that city just going out into the into the water every day. No treatment into the ocean, no problem. So we we have to really, we should be worrying about these things as much as we worry about many of the other things that are around us endemically that can hurt elderly people. Uh, and we have to kind of think in terms of keeping them safe from that. So I just thought, I don't know, does that make sense? Susan, am I making sense trying to bring that topic up? I guess. No? You didn't like it?
1: I wasn't paying attention.
0: <laughs> that is a that is a striking striking endorsement. I thank you for that. I'm reading
1: the. <laughs> uh, never mind. I don't want to tell you. Uh,
0: you're reading. You're reading. Um, whatever's going on on Rumble. I yeah, should look at that. asshole.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm One? responding to some of these crazy comments. I, I it it. Oh, it's so okay. ridiculous how many people that they actually seem to believe that you're being paid by a vaccine company to push the vaccines, they don't how understand would that work? the law. For one thing, how does it even work? But even, so for one yeah. thing, if you were a physician, you have to disclose this, but even if you weren't a physician, yeah, the FTC rules would require to us to, have disclose. to
0: disclose. In the
1: old and days, that used to happen. That used to happen, like doctors would get- Oh, 40 sick. years well, ago. Yeah, but it doesn't but, happen But anymore.
0: How would it work? How would that happen? I give a vaccine and then some company pays me for that yeah, vaccine, is that, yeah. how would that mm.
7: work? No, How's it doesn't exist Not only anymore. is it
0: illegal, Illegal, I mean seriously illegal. They yeah, can't even bring you can lose your that drug company can't even bring a pen into my office right. to do promotion. Well
1: they used to do that. So they of used course, to do that in course. the days. Of course, that's where people and days. they Think stopped. That, and it- yeah, yes, you yes. can't because it's illegal. But
0: how would it work? That's like incredible. But that,
1: that was when doctors made money. <laughs> I guess that's true. Doctors that's don't, don't make anything. money anymore. <laughs> that's true. I mean, listen, we have Genucell. They're a great sponsor and they, they help us out. But you're not also not being paid by Paxlovid to talk about it either. No, 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 no. No, I mean, everything you talk about no, is just I, to get it I education.
0: I, do, I do. We have done work for that company, Petros Pharmaceutical, regarding issues around erectile function and male sexuality. We've done a. Unbranded yeah, they're our sponsor that, so. now.
1: So, yeah, but yeah. look we at
2: how many disclosures man. are all over. Like it's very oh, oh, obvious oh. and clear. It's oh. so it's right. we 100%. have to
0: say it.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: A hundred percent. I will not. I would not do some work for a company that a I did not believe strongly in the product, and b that they we were not disclosing everything we possibly. Exactly. Could have
1: so I mean, you used to be able to do that back in the you know. In so the, Maverick says there's a list maybe. of doctors
0: that were given funds to support the the COVID vaccine. Um, that doesn't even make sense. They must have been given funds to go speak on behalf of the vaccine to do educational forums. That doctors do get paid to do educational, but not not without a lot of disclosure, as you said. It's a, it's available publicly that information. Uh, let's see. So anyway, whatever the thing, I I am interested in what helps people. We've been through a horrible thing, this pandemic. Uh, I lost lots of patients. I see lo- I saw lots of horrible COVID. And I saw lots of mild COVID and not so bad COVID. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's something that I'm interested in helping our patients with. And as usual, the sort of middle zone is probably where the truth and reality lies. Like uh, on Tim Poole's podcast, I talked about how we, that Paxlovid is clearly helpful in patients over 65. And Luke said, yeah, he read some data where it says, you know, under 65, not, we don't. Under 65, we don't know what we're doing because we don't have any data. That's the thing. Now, what I told when I the story I told on that show is I said, my daughter had received Paxlovid, And she um, by her doctor, I didn't prescribe it, of course,
1: and she's young, but she's, she's and, and she was very so. sick. And
0: maybe she shouldn't have gotten it. I don't know. It's between her and her doctor. Well, she, yeah. But it did yeah. seem to me that she didn't get a rebound, but she got reinfected very, very quickly, which made me think in hmm, two months, yeah, I wonder Paxlavid interferes with the immunity that we should be generated from Pax from uh, COVID. So I mentioned that and I will say it again, we don't know what we're doing at Bit under the age of 65, though doctors are entitled to prescribe it at at their clinical judgment as they think fit. Now over 65, we know it keeps people out of the hospital, it prevents death, it's very, very helpful. We know it for sure, that data is in. Um, so don't don't confuse what doctors are doing versus what we know for sure the science tells us we should be doing. We are sometimes doing things based on our clinical impressions, and the science takes quite a bit of time to catch up with that or to tell us we were wrong in what we were doing. Uh, Susan, you were trying to say something? We're
1: like human guinea pigs. They have to study it now. We have to go back and look at everything and all the details and find out what was good and what was bad about Mm -hmm. it.
0: Those aren't the best studies. I mean, they have to do more randomized control studies in different age groups. Now, Dr. Um, Harvey Reese said something very provocative on this show. We can get back and get more into, which he was saying that the power of the vast majority of the randomized controlled t- s- studies done in this country, meaning the the number of people or the number of outcomes that, that are generated aren't sufficient for those studies really to tell us anything, which I thought that was a very interesting and provocative statement. So I was anxious to bring him back for that. Uh let's see. This is sort of Pussycats or Kelly and the Pussycats or something. Is that what I'm seeing? Kelly and Katz. Okay, Kelly and Katz. What's up? Your mic is muted still. Uh, do I need to take a break? Ooh, oh, there you are.
1: Hey. There's a bit of a lag. Sorry. Um,
5: so I was wondering, um, really quick, let me step outside real quick. Okay. Um, if you could talk about um, long-term ADHD medication use mm-hmm. um, from childhood to adulthood. My okay. husband was drugged up when he was a kid mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't use it anymore, but I feel like it kind of messed up his, um, I guess, emotional responses to mm-hmm. things now mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. adult. Like I feel like he doesn't know how to regulate himself.
0: Interesting. So um, does he get any kind of therapy?
5: Um. Not at the moment, insurance okay. stuff. <laughs> All right,
0: and, and you know people with ADHD can have trouble with their emotions, right? That could be part of the syndrome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I agree sure. with you. I, I agree with you that people need to—I I worry about these medications interfering with the normal arc of development, particularly in the capacity for emotional regulation, because people that, that are straight to the point that emotions are too prolonged and too negative— tend to gravitate to behaviors Mm -hmm. and substances to try to regulate that because they can't can't regulate it well autonomously. And that is a great place for therapy to work. Therapy can build a regulatory system. So that's what I would want for him. In terms of the data on ADHD medication, ADD medication, the psychostimulants, we both overprescribe and underprescribe at the same time. Uh, I have grave oh, concerns God. when non-mental health professionals prescribe it. Pediatricians prescribe probably the majority of it. I think that's, a, that's very, very concerning to me. Uh, there are plenty of areas of the country where kids are underserved by mental health and sort of get no treatment for anything. And I have concerns mm-hmm. after the age of 18 where I've seen psychostimulants become a problem. So uh, I, early on in the 90s and early 2000s, that's an interesting bird. Um two thousand yeah I
5: right, Florida right
0: yeah, sounds like it um, <laughs> the, we I was watching this literature very, very carefully because we were seeing all the meth come in. I thought, well, of course, they're creating all the meth addicts from all the psychostimulants they're using in childhood. but the data was very clear that the kids that were treated had a lower incidence of addiction. It was super clear. It was good data, and it was super clear. So it's really more about a the fact that it should be a real mental health professional needs to be formally diagnosed, even with psych testing if possible, it needs to be followed by a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. And every case possible, tr- get them off the meds or try something other than meds, you know, to do, do things as mm-hmm. as thoroughly as you possibly can. So I, I am with parents that have concerns about the overprescribing, even though the data is clear, it is in terms of character development and in terms of reducing re- risk of addiction. I don't know any data that says specifically that affects emotional regulation, but I have been concerned about that. I've been very concerned about that. So it makes he, sense he, to me.
5: He talks, he talks a lot about um, like how he doesn't remember a lot of his childhood. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think. And then also with how his medication made him feel like he was just did like a freaking eight ball or something, you know, mm. and um So I feel like those two are connected and it makes sense. It it doesn't sound
0: it doesn't sound good. I I, who prescribed it?
5: No. I have no idea. I mean, he started taking this stuff when he was probably like he was like a kid kid, you know, he was probably like eight, you know. Yeah. God, so, to get um, off of that?
0: I mean, that's. but I I bet, was, it, all, I bet it was it his now. pediatrician, and not even a mental health professional. That's what kills me.
5: Probably. He has yeah. a psych now, but he doesn't have um, like a like a in person therapist or anything like that. There, um,
0: there's opportunity here. That's what that he would respond really well. to That it seems to me. Okay? okay. All right.
5: Word. Good luck. Word <laughs>
0: indeed. Thank you. Thank you for your call. We got to take a little break. Be right back. For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's Vitamin C Serum infused with the purest vitamin C absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology.
1: I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great.
0: and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, dot com slash D-R-E-W. Uh, welcome back. Somebody uh, very uh, v- hysterically accused you and me of shilling for the smooth skin industrial complex. It's very funny. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> it's very funny. Very funny.
1: How do you expect um, us to feed uh, baby Camden? And look at okay.
0: Silar <laughs> right. is saying, I used to trust Drew, but he, for he went full vax mask mandate. <laughs> wow. Uh, Silar, I'm, I'm worried about your ability to listen and, and your concentration <laughs> skills. That's very concerning because I have been against mandates from the beginning. Uh, I don't know.
1: They're projecting all their anger on you, Drew. Today? Today's yeah, the day? on Rumble, Yeah. We have 1,100 people over there chatting it up.
0: All right. Well, if they would like to come over to um, Twitter Spaces. And... Just,
1: it's just funny how they're saying these things about you that are totally untrue. And it's just like, and then they, but they keep repeating themselves. And mm. when I get the repeat question over and over, yeah, it's like, I saw it. Okay. No. Well wanna wanna ask wanna
0: bring up tell me what they are so I can address Listen, them. Listen,
1: if you want to get on the phone, go over to Twitter Spaces, raise your hand, and you can ask him whatever you want. Okay? He'll answer you. Yeah. And the caps have to go.
0: Drew's role is to cause as much confusion surrounding anything COVID BS. He has been given specific orders. <laughs> Who gave me the orders? I don't
1: know, maybe God. Who give me the orders? Who gives you your <laughs> orders? Oh
0: my god, this is great. Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, It's so interesting to hear how people think. Listen, um, I
1: mean, it is confusing. This whole thing has been confusing because, you know, at the beginning well, we were all running out, we're getting our vaccines and we did it and we felt so proud of ourselves. And now we're like, should we do it again? You know what's even a, work? I, I had a really Am interesting... I going to have a heart attack? Like, yeah. Jesus. Yes, yes. That, that's right. Because we've seen things Because come out we of it. were
0: in a different situation exactly. before and we're, than we, we are were now. We were
1: taking orders and we had well, to. We no, wanted to No, it.
0: we were all scared and none of us wanted this thing and it was killing people. And yeah. We had, saw this thing that looked good. Yeah. And uh, we all yeah, went. Got it. You didn't need
1: and the vaccine. You got COVID.
0: I, I didn't think I needed it either, but I took it for our travel. Right, because and we had to
1: have our papers. Yeah,
0: and so that,
1: okay, those are the people we were listening to. We had to do it, but yeah, and we're. St- I'm trying to get out of doing it again because I think it's BS. But yeah. <sighs>
0: okay, so I, I was. Uh, but we're shoot.
1: not trying to be confusing. We're just I'm trying to. I'm confused now
0: because I was trying to make a point.
1: Maybe doctor, you need to speak to your doctor about your own medical yes, health. Yes, of Everybody, course. Make the if decision. If you haven't with your had doctor. the vaccine and you're good, congratulations. We're so happy for you. And we'd like you to be healthy and happy for the rest of your life. You know, that's not, we're not telling uh, you you're wrong. So
0: can doctors still get in trouble for if they want to use forbidden treatments? P. Jurge. Uh, yeah, they can, and there's a new bill in California that's going to make it very, very serious. And very, they'll be considered anything off the standard of care, particularly as it pertains to the forbidden treatments, will be considered misinformation, and those doctors' licenses will be very, very seriously endangered. Uh, that is one of the very clear things about that AB 2098, and they were clear with me about it. They, they were reassuring when I spoke to the president of the board of medical quality assurance, but she was quite clear about this one thing: that the these things. Uh, they weren't going to tolerate. So interesting. Thankfully, they don't seem to work very well. They don't do very much. And we have lots of very, very effective therapies out there. So it's not, not a big issue in terms of patient safety. So, all right, I completely forgot what I was trying, the point I was trying to make. So let's go back to your calls here. Uh, Andre, i will to bring him up here. Andre's a physician. Give him a chance to talk. Andre, going on. What's up? Oh, you're muted there. Metaphysician, interesting, Andre. Want to hear all about this?
1: Yeah, there's a little lag today. Yeah, because we're in New York, so he'll, he'll get here.
0: Andre, your mic is still muted in the lower left-hand corner. You have to. There you are. Hey, what's going on, sir?
3: Hi. How are you? Excellent. How's everyone? Yeah. Very well. Yeah, I'm actually in transit. So yeah, and actually, I heard my name, and I'm like, oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just tuned in. Just seeing. You know what the topic is about. I just briefly read so, so it, so let me log in right quickly.
0: What are your thoughts? So, what what kind of medicine are you practicing? Uh,
3: internal medicine. So same as
0: me, and and what are your thoughts about where we're at these days? Any uh, sort of sweeping <laughs> impressions about where where are you? It's another important part.
3: What, I, I'm in the Detroit, Michigan area. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, um, on the heels of COVID. <laughs> We got a chance, of course, to see so much uh, that we need uh, and and especially um, I work in the directly in the the core of the city. Um, So, of course, we see a whole lot of um, different issues and matters that need to be addressed for sure uh, in the health department or just in medicine and arms. So. Mm-hmm.
0: so so if i'm hearing you accurately it's uh i don't know put words in your mouth but i'm going to see if i'm hearing you right just
3: which, tease is, it out,
0: which <laughs> is which is there's there's a lot of shit we have to deal with in medicine that's oh going my God, on yes. and covid needs to be put in context would that be exactly. about exactly okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so. Yeah. M- I, this is what I keep saying. I when I do these streams, I hold up a textbook of pediatric and in infectious diseases, and infectious diseases. They're about you know 1,700 pages, and I just say this yeah. is this is the context. There's all these right. things going on in our country and around the world that we are having to contend with. Some of what we're doing a good job with, some what a terrible job with. But to focus yeah. only on one illness is going to harm people. It just is.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So well, thank you for doing that work in the inner cities. How, how's the homeless situation going?
3: Uh, the, the yeah, that's a problem as well, yeah. especially in the Detroit area. I mean, you don't just so much see it um, on the streets in in mass, but we do know that it does exist. You know, yeah. people have you know learned how to adapt. Yeah. About to jump on the shuttle. I'm going to have to. So I'm actually just getting off work. So I'm going to have to mute again.
0: All right. So I'll let you. I appreciate you coming here. You're welcome anytime. Your observations are welcome. Any of my peers' observations, or either to challenge me or to to clarify or give your own point of view, whatever it might be, you are always welcome. Andrea, thank you for being here. And thank you for the work, more importantly. Uh, Sean, what's up there? Dr. Drew? Yes, sir. Uh,
8: My name is Sean. I have a wife that suffers from uh, borderline personality, Mm -hmm. and um, we've been together for about seven years. We have a set of twins with that are three years old. I come from a trauma past. I've been listening to you since I was little. Um, She comes from a light trauma past, so it's hard for me to understand where she got it from. Um,
0: well, borderline is associated with trauma, but it's not as though not that's always. yeah, not always. And, and so, tell us how, is, how does it manifest she, with her?
8: How she's are, what all, are you? experiencing all traditional flags, as well as she's physically abusive in mm. her her raging in her episodes, mm. um, and of course, after seven years, I'll have reactive abuse to her because it, uh, I both my my mother and my stepmother were. Uh, alcoholics and drug addicts and they both physically abused as well okay um, so it became that much easier for me to accept it and to hide it yeah uh, I, I, I I don't know like I'm pretty devastated because I wanted to not bring my kids into chaos and that's what I ended up doing isn't
0: it crazy um, how we just repeat 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 it's really incredible uh, yeah. it's the it extra- crazy. extraordinary thing about the human being even when we're clear we're not repeating it we end up repeating it Though it's usually by, but I will tell you this that you, whatever you repeat in in this generation tends to be a lesser version, tends to be a lesser version of whatever you were subjected to. So that's the good news. And, and you live in a time now when there's lots of great treatments available. Is
8: it truth about remission? Can she go through? She started to do, she started to do therapy. She started to to work on things. She's accepted some stuff that she's done, mm-hmm. uh, not all. She's in denial for some stuff. She still blames me for a lot, and she's a she plays victim on almost yeah. everything.
0: Well, of course. Um, um, what kind of therapy is she getting? Do you know what kind of treatment?
8: Uh, well, she she did she tried dialectic before. What happened? I don't, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't. It, it, I, it. Sorry, it went away for a bit, which I guess people would say. Either she was hiding it or she was in remission, but after she gave birth to the twins, oh, yeah. it has layered right. up like a full well, of crazy. course.
0: Of course, the stress. And of all.
8: course, and I understand why. I get. Yeah. I understand the hormones. My yeah. father's a, my father's a surgeon, but he's yeah. very robotic and he's a vascular surgeon, so he he doesn't show emotion with me, and he only is logics with me. So I his advice yeah. to me is to get the hell out and <laughs> take the kids. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's rough uh well dbt does work it's the main treatment that works in this is uh, she not using drugs is she borderlines could use a uh, uh, drug
8: too. she was uh she i would say she was abusing cannabis a bit mm. uh, okay. but she was also on uh uh, uh a, a, a mood stabilizer and um before we were married she was not borderline diagnosed she was i guess misdiagnosed with um Uh, Bipolar, Mm -hmm.
0: which is common. Some people believe that there's sort of a continuum, bipolar and borderline. Um, So, all right. So, I've read
8: all the books. I've done walking on it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry.
0: That's good. That's all great. Uh, And you know, you could argue that having someone you know that you could rely on for support would be important as well, and sort of help strategize what you're doing with her. But the most important thing was for her to get DBT because the, the borderline disorder never goes away, but the features can be diminished markedly. It's really, I, I always think about DBT as helping the borderline keep other people's mind in mind as they have their episodes. In other words, right. you know, they, they can, some of them black out and red out or whatnot, but it's others. She calls it blackout. All right, but if you can, if she can learn to manage what's happening as she goes into it, and keep the the fact that your brain continues to have contents, you know, and that her behavior will affect other people and her children, you can usually motivate by saying, "Hey, this is not going to work well for the kids, too." So, uh, but but maybe a DBT group would be a better thing for her. You thought about that?
8: I have thought about. I I, um I I from I'm separated, so we are text communicating only, and we do. Hands off, hand off with the kids with somebody there. Okay. Um, but she gets triggered very easily. At this point, everything's very raw. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's it, it, within a month. It's very... I mean, years of me hiding it. But I've... I woke up a month ago.
0: All right. Well, good. Well, good. So you're very early and really taking care of this properly, and uh, give yourself a little breathing room be patient with her get her if she doesn't have proper care things are not going to get better so get the proper care but i i get the sense that dbt group might be very helpful for her and no no special reason other than that she'd had previous dpt it didn't didn't sustain maybe a group would be something that she can also when you have twins the time for it is intense and so yeah it's rough susan you're 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 sort of feeling compassionately towards her yeah yeah, yeah. and, and his, him too. It sounds- Borderline's rough. Borderline disorder is, you know, a lot of hostility and rage and uh, fears of abandonment, and yet they will abandon as a way of preventing abandonment, and there can be lots of um, nasty things in, in, their, in their moments, you know, when things happen. Okay, yeah. this is a man, Maniac of All Trades, I think, here. <laughs> maniac?
1: That sounds like you. Yeah. Maniac of maniac All Trades, of, thank you for oh. that. Uh <laughs> There's a little lag. Sorry, guys. It just takes a few before they can hear. You have to unmute yourself, though. Flush the toilet. Okay, uh, there it he is. Yeah. Hey there. Hey, You're on. Oh, Doctor Mommy. This is Doctor Mommy.
0: Hey, man. Aloha. Hey,
7: uh, so I'm actually Aloha. Yes. Hey, Hitler. I'm actually <laughs> hitting you guys up about some stuff that's relevant to your mom's house. Okay. I know. Nadav and also, obviously, hopefully, Bert at some point are both kind of on this weight loss journey. So it seems. So it seems. Hopefully, yes. Uh, uh, I personally, at my unhealthiest, was 230 pounds and around 25% body fat. Okay. But at the end of my journey, I was 220 pounds and around 7% body fat.
3: Oh, wow. So, Good for you.
0: Did you take something? Sounds like steroids. Did you do something?
7: Uh, no, man. It was a long process. It wow. was like a year or a year and a half. And eventually after I went down in weight, the weight kind of started to come back up. But as, I know that as,
0: as muscle you're talking
7: about? Exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and yeah. I know that a lot of the time people are doing cardiovascular training and strength training simultaneously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So if they're only the looking at the scale as a measure of progress, I just mm-hmm. don't think that it's an really accurate representation. And I've been uh, having this thought for a while when I watch you on Doctor Drew After Dark talking yeah. to the Booth Boys. Yeah, but it was just something that I wanted your opinion on oh, and whether uh, it was uh, really-
0: a thousand, a thousand percent. But but everybody is somewhat different with these things. Some people are highly, you know, affected by carbohydrates. Some people are highly affected by total calories. Some people can't build muscle no matter what they do some people they can lose fat while they build muscle so it's it's I, I am no expert in this and there are a lot of trainers and things that really feel that they kind of know what they're doing um but what 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 was from standpoint of your biology what would you say worked for you
7: um i think Focusing on my macronutrients and my caloric intake. Okay, and like so, how I was fighting up so, my daily caloric yeah, so, intake.
0: So, eating consciously with a focus on calories. How about the workout? What did you do working on?
7: Um, I was just kind of religious about it. I've fallen off because I think the reason I was mostly dedicated was because I had a very dedicated gym partner mm. while I was in college. And, and, but and after.
0: Yeah. Was this just resenting? It was just weight training?
7: Weight training, yeah, primarily, uh, as well as, like, uh, explosive training, I guess I would call it, athleticism stuff, like um, box jumps or any kind of uh, ability training. Okay,
0: and so, but you would do it all, you were sort of working on the slow twitch muscle, you would do it all, you know, you'd take breaks in between everything, you'd do it intensively and then stop, right? Heavy weights, that kind of thing?
7: Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes I would dedicate myself to D-type muscles where I would be doing more low weight, high repetition to build endurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and that I get was it's... something that I those for me personally, like you said, we're all different.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a magic to this. I mean, there, there are some people that can lose weight just doing resistance, heavy resistance training. Some people will gain weight when they start doing that, not just because they're building muscle, because it stimulates their appetite so much. So it's oh, it's
7: yeah I haven't even considered the appetite thing
0: yeah oh my god my I know when I'm doing heavy weights it goes insane and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it becomes kind of an issue but it, it's all it is complicated you kind of have to navigate your way through it depending on what your particular biology is I I, I don't like the idea that you know it's one thing for all The one thing that having said is I don't like having one thing for everybody. Limiting carbohydrates and starches does seem to be generally a good thing. We overdo that in this country for sure. Um, Susan, what are you laughing at there? You're uh, seeming. Caller said, "Heil Hitler." Yes, a Petty Letterman. <laughs> um, okay, he said, "Hey Hitler," is what he said. He didn't say "Heil Hitler." He said, I thought hey he Hitler.
1: said "Hi Hitler."
0: He might have said "Hi Hitler" also. So that is a reference to a video uh, at your mom's house, which Penny, is a. She's like. She's like what? Or so. Yeah, so Patty P so A D D Y. So we watched these crazy videos at your mom's house, and one of the classic ones was this girl psychotic, who did a video blog where she believed she was talking to Hitler every day, and she'd open her video log with, "Hi Hitler," every day, <laughs> and that, and calling each other jeans and mommy, and then there was a guy named Fed Smoker that was a very serious meth addict who died of meth, who uh, in one of his acute uh, manic Paranoid states was yelling at the security guard and telling him to touch his camera through the fence. Yeah. So now touch my camera through and the fence.
1: And then
0: he would say "Tata R word." Yeah, "Tata R word." Eh? There was a <laughs> there's a lot of greetings at your mom's house that are that are taken off these videos that are sort of classic from your mom's house world. So that's what that is all about. I know, it's it confusing goes, when
1: somebody says, hey Hitler, yeah, and it sounds Hitler, like Hail.
0: Hitler is the one that, that <laughs> really upsets everybody. They're like, why are they calling you Hitler? Well, Rumble's or like mommy. They full call of me comedians
1: mommy. today. They've been going off for like 15 minutes. I've been laughing at their their oh, stuff. Good. Oh,
0: yeah, okay. we, we love having them there. Um, anything else, Susan? We have more questions coming in tomorrow. I, I'm gonna kind of wrap this up now. Um, we've been on for about eighty minutes or so. We have, uh, yeah. No, am I am I wrong? Hour. Am I wrong? One hour, Caleb.
1: Sixty. Uh, yes, yeah. You've been going
2: oh. a little bit over an hour right now. Yeah, I. I yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Look at you. Uh,
0: And I know we're going to do it tomorrow as well. And so I want to leave some of these questions for tomorrow. People will be back again. But uh,
1: thanks to everybody who joined us on Rumble and Facebook and YouTube. And if anybody has any questions on YouTube, if you want to send us over a super chat, we can take a couple more questions before we go. Because we've been ignoring the, you know the questions on there on
0: so. the on the restream yeah okay we'll let
1: anybody follow up who has anything so if, I, also, if you see
0: them you got to collect them out there for me if they move by too fast
1: for yeah. me yeah and then um like us wherever you are and uh share if you care thank We're you really-
0: kate uh, they like me at, on timcast i enjoyed working with those guys i ended up going to the casino with them afterwards did you know this Caleb? <laughs> there's a no that's 10 fun. minutes away there's Hollywood Casino or I don't want to Hookers
1: um, and uh, Blow, everybody.
0: Yeah, I I <laughs> we played crabs and blackjack for an hour and then I went home. <laughs>
1: that was You it. don't have to be in hell, Jep. You can uh Jehep, we were talking about that earlier. I go, you can go to a, a casino in Virginia.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it was it's beautiful territory, it is. Uh, so I wanna close with, <laughs> with some with Tim What?
1: With Tim. That's pretty funny. Uh,
0: <laughs> Patty is also a joker. Uh, Pandemic is over. Time for everybody to spread monkeypox. Yeah. So, yeah, that was also disgusting the way we weren't allowed to talk about the risk population who we could have protected if we educated and protected and talked specifically about it. Yeah. Um, remember
1: the the murder hornets that we, that was the clickbait for, remember they had murder hornets? How many people died from those? Oh, the murder Zero. <laughs> Remember that? Well, this is
0: what uh, Andre was talking about a few minutes ago. He was that we feel when we're dealing with all these very serious medical illnesses that are just being underattended to because of one that is, you know, one yeah. is the one we have to, to- solely focus on.
1: What the, were they, they weren't murder the, hornets. They the, were killer hornets. No, murder horns, murder I hornets.
0: But the poor woman that we were talking to earlier today that had the breast cancer, she, there's many illnesses she has to protect herself yeah. from. Many. COVID is one of them. But let's go back to where we started here, with the president making the comment about the the epidemic being the pandemic being over. I think he's exactly right. I think what he said was, matter of fact, off the cuff, it was honest and it was correct. Now the question remains, though. He said essentially, look, no masks, everyone's fine, everyone seems good, it's all milder. You know, we're not, not, hospitals aren't filled up. People are dying, elderly people are dying of respiratory viruses, COVID being one of them. That's just the way it is. That's what happens. We still need to explain the excess deaths in many countries. We still need to explain the myocarditis and understand the incidence of that relative. Uh, to other risks of COVID itself. We need to know, much like that caller that called in a half an hour ago with severe long COVID from the vaccines, we need to know what that incidence is so we can help people make risk-reward decisions when it comes to whether or not they should take the vaccine. We are in a much better place. We just are in a much better place. New York is sort of back to its old self, though we notice there are not a lot of young people here, which is kind of interesting. I don't know where they've all gone. Um, But it it is time for us to, to... if we're calm enough to have reasonable conversations that now, again, we should be talking about what makes life meaningful and what makes life good uh, and how we can optimize that and how we can sort of rather than sheltering in place and as um, uh, Duncan, what was Duncan's name again? Duncan, uh, the, the gentleman I interviewed.
1: Oh, the actor, um, Clinton Duncan. Clinton
0: Duncan said they took Clinton. away from, he said something very prophetic, Clinton Duncan or oh, Duncan Clifton. Clifton Duncan. Clifton Duncan. Uh, he, they took away from us everything that makes life meaningful. It was such a prophetic statement. He is absolutely right. And when you take away what makes life meaningful from humans, it is destructive, profoundly destructive. And on top of that, they crush the world. And they may cause famines in certain areas. So there's so much that, that we need to be attending to rather than this one respiratory thing. Yes, protect yourself. Yes, you need to do whatever, you know, do what you need to do, but it needs to be in context now. We need to contextualize it with a life rather than living in cowardice and hiding in place, sheltering in place, which was never a good idea. We need to be living an engaged life where we are productive, where we're helping build economies, build people's meaning in their lives, helping them lead good lives. Not just be happy, but lead a good life. Happiness has been sort of overemphasized in this country I've said it many times that we tend to think of happiness as hedonic euphoria or hedonic tone, we call that, when in fact it should be more eudonic, ha- eudonic happiness, eudonic flourishing, eudaimonic flourishing rather. And that is achieved by doing what's right, doing, a, leading a good life, making a difference, these kinds of things. And, and we should be worried about con- thinking about contributing and not about hiding. It really, it's time. It's time. And that we, there's a certain amount of risk to living. Uh, I walk out on the street here, it's a risk. Trust me, every time I walk into the street, I nearly get hit. There's a risk to living. And if you don't want to take that risk, you don't want to live. It's it's like they used to say, if you don't want to die, you don't want to live. Death is part of life, and we need to sort of be realistic about that too. But more importantly, we need to manage our risk. Uh, Let me see if there's anything you guys are talking about here that I want to comment on before we go. Don't be lazy. What is that all about? Long COVID, uh uh-huh. Uh, the queen was gone a long time. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yes, live from New York. It is uh, Dr. Drew. I asked Dr. They're, Drew here. They're,
1: they're entertaining each other. They're trying to out-troll each other. It's pretty funny.
0: Um, Caleb, they're asking us to po- post the name of the vaccine injury group that the young man was talking about, which I think is a very good idea. Can you do that?
2: Uh, yes, after the episode, it'll it'll okay. be up on Excellent. the website. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go Excellent. to drdrew.com slash twenty twenty two. So that's... 9, 19, 2022.
0: Someone was saying something about a super chat and I didn't see it. Susan, did you see the super chat? You're my keeper of the super uh, chats.
2: Uh, no? Yes, I did put a super chat up on screen. Uh, our, our, resident troll, Silar, our resident troll, <laughs> yeah, he, Silar, our uh, resident troll, he was taking something that I you said. I don't know said, if it's a female or male. I'm not actually okay, sure. I put it up on screen, okay. uh, you know, with the exact amount there of context that Silar put with your quote. I used the same we were level of context orders. for Silar's quote.
0: Hmm. I wonder what I was talking about.
2: It was just earlier, huh. whenever you you were in the middle of a sentence, Sylar, you were I, saying something about okay. Susan had said something about following orders, and you know, in the early days of the pandemic. Well, Silar is you know,
0: putting a bunch of. Silo just put a bunch of laughing faces up. So exactly. I wonder right. if he or she thinks it's a joke. Got some
1: attention. I, yeah.
0: I, I wonder what I was talking about. There are times when I am just following orders. There are times. Uh, I can't think of what that would be in relation to what we've been talking about today. That's your phone? You want to go get it? No. Uh, <laughs>
2: it was like a two-second part of something that you had said earlier in the show today that Sylar then took like the beginning of the sentence and used that as a quote.
0: I see. So we were yeah. just following orders.
3: Do you remember <laughs> what I was talking
2: about? You were the early I'm days of the pandemic about. when nobody knew what was going on, Marching and everyone orders. was just trying to keep people safe. Everyone was just doing what they were told until you got better information. Some people well, just kept on going the on Chapin the bad information, but you updated your priors based on the new information. So it's when you said you right. were just okay. following orders, it just had to do with that brief moment I would in say time. We,
0: I probably said we were just following orders, and Right. Yeah, I like Exactly. we I. We, pro- yeah. So people were following orders, right. right, at a time when things were unclear. Siler
1: said that was actual quote from like 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I
0: hear that. Uh, I could see where I might've said that. I, I. But you know what I meant was is that people, while we tried to figure things out, what else was I talking about? It doesn't make sense to me right now in context. Uh, Ted says, "Dr. Timothy Tellinghusen, hepatitis C research. What about the Hep C research? Uh,
1: what do you know about it?
0: I I did hepatitis C research, research long ago. I used I published articles about ribavirin when we had that as our as our only antiviral. Now we can clear most of the genome genotypic types of hepatitis C. It's now a curable illness. Okay." All right, I'm going to have to wrap this thing up. We thank you all for being here. We'll be back again tomorrow at the same time. I mean, I'd time? like to take
1: Super Chats at the end because we kind of, we watch Rumble because it's very trolley over there. And, <laughs> and then we kind of, you know, the, the restream kind of-
2: Zooms by. Zooms by. Yeah, we zooms see by. some of
1: the questions, we, but- People have uh, been
2: sending Super anybody- Chats, Susan. I just, they haven't been presenting yeah. questions. I've been putting them on the screen though to highlight them.
1: Yeah, so if you if you give us a super tra- chat and you wanted to say hi, I you know, I can see your nose hairs, Doctor Drew oh. or or you know, I wanna know about this or that, you'll you'll get it you'll get attention. So um
0: Colin Robinson, we will be up with Doctor Victory on Wednesday and she does uh we yeah, she straightens me out a little bit, I think. I think that's a reasonable statement.
1: We saw it on um, the Timcast, I thought it was a great idea. What's it's a good that? way for people oh, the super chats. who don't want to call in or yeah. you know,
0: um Edward Dowd on Wednesday and Jay Bhattacharya, who I believe is will be the poster child for the excesses of the pandemic the the, the really the most uh disturbing parts of the pandemic Jay Badacharya represents to me now because he was so right and so reasonable and was so maltreated it's just disgusting yeah.
1: also one more thing when mm. we do have a guest on yes. which we will this week a couple yes. of days the super chats at the end will be good because then more people can get some questions out at the end and we can just zoom through them. Okay. You know, anything that we didn't see because you don't really pay that much attention to the restream during got the time.
0: It. I, got, I try, but it's hard. And then what time are we doing it tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow is early. So it's noon it's gonna Pacific? It's going to be noon Pacific, I think. Right, Caleb?
2: Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Noon Pacific tomorrow, uh, so, you'll be taking calls again. So it's a little bit even an hour okay,
0: earlier than so today's. It's, it's, all right, so noon Pacific, three, three new Pacific, new time noon. zone for
1: people that don't have can't watch at six p.m. Let me Eastern. say it again: noon Pacific,
0: East, no noon Pacific, three p.m. Pacific,
1: Eastern, God. three p.m. Eastern, noon
0: Pacific, three p.m. <laughs> Eastern, because I'm thinking about Wednesday, which will be six Eastern, three Pacific, correct? Okay. we'll be
1: back All to right, our normal correct. time.
0: The same thing with Thursday, six correct? Eastern, because you're going to be three. on Kennedy
1: tonight, and you're going to be on Gutfeld tomorrow night, okay. so we have okay. to get. In and out earlier. And we'll be
0: talking a little 2098 with Kennedy there, who's been my friend for many, many years, decades. Yeah. Now. All right. Susan, anything else from your camp? Anything you'd like to say? No? Susan? Okay. She's not listening to me at all now. I'm, now, I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> now I just don't even exist. No, my mic so, was off. So, <laughs> no, I had, uh, your mic was off, but it took me a few, a few I'm rounds. kind of
1: jet-lagged. Like, I got up really know, early today, and yeah. I need a nap, so...
0: Gisland Maxwell interview. While well, you
1: go work possible. some more.
0: All right. Well, thank you all much, everybody, for being here. Appreciate the questions. Appreciate the participation and, uh, and the streams and the rumbles and even all the trolling we we're watching. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. More Ask Me Anything tomorrow, yes? Yep. Correct. See you then. 273 You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com slash help.